You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homo Sapiens Extra. How are you? Take a seat, grab a drink, get ready for what is a wonderful bubble bath of an hour of you guys all talking to us on your emails. We read some LGBTQ plus news. We do Topic of the Week. We do Agony Uncle. We do Culture Club. We give away a T-shirt. And this week, I'm going to be calling Owen Jones, brilliant political commentator, journalist, writer, who was our first ever interview on Homo Sapiens, actually. And first of all, what did you all think of last week's interview with Yves Mathieu? You have all said so many wonderful things on Instagram. I was reading all your comments about how much you adored his point of view on life and the incredible work he's done and what a lifeline that man is. So thank you very much for all getting in touch. And there's even more to be said on the email. So let's go over there and have a look. Uh, we have had a lovely trio of emails about our interview with Debbie Harry. The first is from Jim McDonald in New York City. Great interview. It was my very first listen to your podcast and I immediately hit subscribe. Jim, that's what we like to hear. Thank you and welcome. You guys asked us some great questions, not the usual BS. Jim, we aim to please. Look forward to many more laughs and insights. Uh, Jim, you've come to the right place. What can I say? Many thanks, Jim. James Caswell from the USA has been in touch as well. I so loved listening to the interview with Debbie Harry. Her demeanour during your conversation is exactly how I imagined she would be if I were ever able to spend a little time with her. You did such a great job talking to her. I could hear in her voice the enjoyment she experienced chatting with you. Thanks, James. This is the first podcast of yours which I have listened. Look no further. Hit subscribe. I love listening to your banter and your accents. Thank you for providing this little nugget of entertainment. Sincerely, Jim Caswell in Dallas, Georgia. P.S. I just followed your Facebook page. Listeners, if you don't follow us on Facebook, it is popping off over there. Go and follow. Now, Breyer has been in touch about Debbie as well. This is our third email about Debbie. I loved last week's episode and I'm a huge fan of Debbie Harry. And as a bisexual woman, she is very much an icon for me. I love how she said she felt entitled to her bisexuality and to being the man she wanted to be, in inverted commas. It's an extremely powerful thing to hear, especially since I think that lots of bisexual women often feel they're not allowed to be entitled to that part of themselves. I love that. It reminds me of a quote Mick Rock once said regarding Debbie Harry. She is a product of her own dreams, nobody else's. I think we could all benefit from having that attitude towards ourselves with love from Oklahoma, from Brea. That is so true. What a lovely thing to say. And I'm so pleased that you connected with those two things that she said about being entitled to her bisexuality and to being the man she wanted to be, because that really struck me as well. And she is a product of her own dreams, nobody else's. 
Debbie is brilliant at being true to herself and always has been, and that comes to her naturally. Doesn't mean it comes naturally to everybody, and it doesn't mean that we should all not be trying anyway. But yeah, go Debbie Harry. Just going to have a slug of tea, hang on. Because it's cold. I'm constantly cold. As as autumn has hit, here in the UK where I am, or here in England maybe I should say, because Rob got in touch this week. Someone got in touch on Instagram and someone got in touch on email. Rob got in touch on email. Dear Homo Sapiens, I've recently discovered your podcast and I am loving it. I am redecorating my flat and it's the perfect companion. Just to pick up on UK England terminology, at the end of the last episode, Chris wished everyone in the UK a good start to the lockdown. I'm sure it was a slip of the tongue. It was. He meant everyone in England, as Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland have ended or are ending theirs. Cheers, Rob. So I wrote back to him saying, Rob, you are so right. Alan would give me quite the ticking off for being so England-centric with my slip of the tongue. So please, you're liking the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And we want pics of the decorating work, please. I'll always get to the decorating. No matter what, no matter what you put in my way, I'll always get a decorating update off anyone. So he then replies, hello, Chris. Yes, I suspected Alan would have done so. I've just moved into a new flat with a yellow kitchen, which was disturbing, all the more so because my previous flat was entirely magnolia. So the first thing to do was run to the DIY store and grab some white paint to calm everything down. White paint is the answer, by the way. If you can just paint somewhere white, you can solve 80% of the problems, I would say. See attached for before and after. For curiosity's sake, I have included a detail of a collage featured on the wall. This I made during lockdown. We love your lockdown crafts. Thank you for sending that. It showcases an unknown model, a baby lamb, and the hand of Duchess of Cambridge, who is holding the bottle, feeding the baby lamb, I think, courtesy of Hello Magazine. Anyway, so nice to hear from you, and so swiftly, and wishing you all the best with the podcast. Yours, Rob. Now, this collage he's made on the wall is quite something, actually. I can feel an Etsy business coming on. I'm going to post a picture of it on the uh, Instagram but quite the transformation, Rob. Well done. Got an email from Philly. Greetings from the north, Mr. Sweeney and Mr. Cummings. Hello. You two rascals. God, I haven't been called a rascal in years. I love the word rascal. Have given me so much joy and virtual love. The content is fabulous. The chat is raucous and the guests are supreme. They reinforce the power of the human spirit. You yummy talkers tickle my fancy and your producing team are amazing. Very true. Hello, producing team. And all have my respect and thanks. I have not always liked my own journey as a feminine young boy from small town nowhere who was bullied endlessly at school and college, work and socially. Philly, I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening relate to that in their own way or in a very specific way. I ran to London town where I learned that I fitted in and have my own tribe. I learned you are your own tribe as well. Mm, interesting. I have always envisioned speaking to those bullies now and played the scene out how I could read them to filth. Read them to filth? Is that a saying? Okay, so I'm on Urban Dictionary now. Read for filth is to really lay into someone verbally and often humorously. Mm, did not know that. Philly, we've all learned something today. The truth is, now I am everything I can ever be because of those experiences and they have propelled me to another level. Your viewers have a safe space and that's because of you. Never stop asking the questions. Always challenge the status quo and please give me more. You'll never walk alone. Love from Philly. Philly, that is so true. And what a lovely email. Thank you. I mean, first things first, what a way with words. You yummy talkers is not something I've ever heard anyone say in my life. But 
what you do say there is a very pertinent point that we could all do with reminding ourselves on a regular basis, which is the truth is I am now everything I can ever be because of those experiences. And they have propelled me to another level. It's so true. Being different is one really hard, but also really, really great in whatever form that comes to in your life. And it's so funny when you said, I've always envisaged speaking to those bullies now and played the scene out and how I could read them to filth. Because I think anyone who's different at school, to be honest, most people feel different in some particular way. I think everybody imagines what they will be like when they come back, you know, or when they see those people again and you play those scenarios out in your head. One of the common things is like imagining like, you know, when they see me and I'm, you know, really happy or I'm really successful and I've got all this stuff and they don't, you know, that's such a classic narrative. But I think weirdly, the thing that you know when you sort of healed, in inverted commas, from those times is when you actually think that you wouldn't care when you when you see them and you would just be like you're you I'm me that's okay because ultimately you know forgiveness is the path I mean I say these things can I practice them Hmm. work in progress now listeners if you want to write to us get in touch hello at homo sapiens podcast.com we want to hear what you think of the interviews we want to hear what you think of anything quite frankly and at homo sapiens on instagram on the direct messages okay I'm going to shuffle some papers now that is me becoming a news presenter because it's time for some news. LGBTQ plus news. Since we last spoke, Joe Biden won the election. Um, I suspect this isn't the first place you've heard that. But, God, it's a good bit of news, isn't it? Biden was the first person in um, his speech, actually, wasn't he, to mention transgender people specifically can't remember what the speech was that felt like a really massive step which was lovely um but also another massive step and this is from cnn was that democrat sarah mcbride is to become the nation's first ever transgender state senator after winning the election in delaware she overwhelmingly beat the republican candidate in delaware's first district winning about 73 percent of the vote Her win also makes her Delaware's first out LGBTQ person elected to the state's legislature. Legislature. Um, McBride tweeted last Tuesday, I hope tonight shows an LGBTQ kid that our democracy is big enough for them too. What a lovely thing to say. McBride was the first transgender person to speak at a major party convention when she addressed the Democratic National Convention in 2016. She was also the first out transgender White House staffer when she interned in the Obama White House. In 2013, she advocated for the passage of Delaware's Gender Identity Non-Discrimination Act, which was signed into law that year. So she's quite the trailblazer, this one. That is such brilliant news. And all those little things, you know, we say it a lot on this podcast, you've got to see it to be it. And seeing people who are trans in big positions of power in American government is utterly brilliant what do you think about that listeners i you know it feels like such a massive step do you feel like we're doing enough in this area though is this were you disappointed that perhaps this is the only trans person who was elected this year what do you think about it get in touch hello at homo sapiens podcast.com now next story from the times and it's about intersex so surgery to alter the reproductive organs of children who are born intersex could be stopped a leaked paper shows. 
In draft proposals by NHS England, genital or gonadal surgery for children born with differences in sex development, which is called DSD, would not go ahead until children could give consent for themselves. Charities and patients described it as courageous and a huge step forwards. DSD, which is also known as intersex, are a group of rare conditions involving genes, hormones and reproductive organs, including genitals. A child may have female or male sex chromosomes, but have reproductive organs and genitals that may look different from usual. DSD families, a charity said, surgeries were about addressing parental anxiety and making genitals appear typical. Parents and doctors thought the problem would go away, but the problem never went away. This is a fascinating piece of news because when I have spoken to intersex people, one of the things that uh, in the people that I have spoken to, and it's obviously a complicated issue, I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf. A lot of the the way that the medical profession has dealt with people who are intersex in recent history has been to try and change their body or their genitals to match some kind of classic idea of what male or female is and sometimes that can later be discovered to go against the gender that person feels they are and as we all know the conversation opens up more and more that gender is a spectrum and you you don't have to conform to the gender binary and this surgery is what's doing that particularly at an age before somebody has any consent because this is happening when they're babies i think there's so many questions thrown up by this that you know i want to know what you think listeners but what's coming to my mind is that increasingly is gender something you have to choose at all and you know parental anxieties around gender are often informing stuff that's really really tricky um, and actually needs to come from the person who who is going through the actual thing so feels like a good step forwards from what I've heard from intersex people that I've spoken to that they want a lot more agency around not having to get surgery and things to subscribe to old dusty ideas of what gender is um, so that feels like a really good step forwards. This week, it's Trans Awareness Week, running from the 13th of November to the 19th of November. Trans Awareness Week is a week when transgender people and their allies take action to bring attention to the community by educating the public about who transgender people are, sharing stories and experiences and advancing advocacy around the issues of prejudice, discrimination and violence that affect the transgender community. And it ends with the Transgender Day of Remembrance. So TDOR, should you wish to hashtag it, uh, on November the 20th, which is a day of remembrance that honours the memory of transgender people whose lives have been lost in acts of anti-transgender violence this year. Which is really interesting because, you know, Yves Mathieu, who was our interview last week, he has done so much for Black Trans Lives Matter. And the idea of a day of remembrance is really lovely because... I think one of the things that Eves was saying is that so often black trans women's lives or black trans people's lives are often forgotten or discarded. And he was talking about the idea of like, just because you don't find someone attractive doesn't mean you shouldn't care for them or advocate for them. And he actually dedicates his own Instagram to, to you know, Woman Crush Wednesday, which is like, this hashtag on Instagram about on a Wednesday you post a picture of someone you have a woman crush on well 
Eve sort of co-opts that and does Woman Crush Wednesday, but for um, trans women who have been murdered to try and bring some attention to these tragic losses of life that are on the whole ignored because these people are considered less important than others for some strange reason. It's interesting this stuff coming during coronavirus when, you know, in England we're in lockdown. See, I listen. Or, you know, in America, um, you know, coronavirus is spiking over there and people are trying to stay home and stuff. It's like, how can you come together on these things? How can progress still be made on these issues when we're all kind of stuck at home? Um, Which actually brings me to the topic of the week, which is lockdown. We want to know how lockdown and coronavirus is affecting the LGBTQ plus community in hidden ways. What are the effects of it that aren't being discussed in mainstream media? I think let's kick off not only with a voice note, but with an international voice note. We've got a voice note from Oklahoma, no less. Hi, Chris. This is Bria from Oklahoma, and I am so happy you chose this as the topic of the week because I've been dying to talk about it for a long time now. Uh, I'm a very social person, so life under lockdown has been really difficult for me since I'm not able to connect with my community as much, but it's also forced me to find different ways to do that. Um, A couple months ago, I joined an organization in my city specifically for queer youth, and we have weekly online meetings, and finding other LGBT people to talk to and ways to make change locally in spite of the state of the country right now uh, has really shown me how persistent and wonderful the queer community really is. And I think the need for that sort of community is really strong for everybody right now. And I I think that our local LGBT communities everywhere will grow a lot stronger in a post-COVID life. Oh, great. Thank you so much for that. Do you know what? We will adapt is what springs to mind when I listen to you speaking there. It's, you know, people are so resourceful and LGBTQ plus people are so resourceful. And it's so nice that you have been able to find, you know, that queer youth group. And I think that it is so wonderful to see that you're actually getting something positive out of it. Now, let's have a read of Samuel, who got in touch on Instagram. Samuel's got a, got a take that's a bit more about family, really. I think it's definitely mental health and having a loss of community and sense of self when living with a cis and heterosexual family, especially when such issues aren't taken seriously or brushed aside. It's unfortunate because I feel like regardless of home life, unless immediate family is in the community or educated themselves on LGBT issues and stigmas outside from their child, it can be very hard for them to be a listening ear. My heart aches constantly. Oh, Samuel, I'm sorry to hear that. Come to the Homo sapiens family. We will care for you. We will look after you. Yeah, it's so true that you don't. People don't understand the specifics of what you're going through, Samuel. And also, it's it, it can be exhausting educating people all the time when perhaps you just want them to listen. Samuel goes on though. A silver lining for me personally has been a lot of self reflection and soul searching. I had just recently been out in the gay scene in the city for the first few months prior to COVID, and was experiencing the wonder of drag and continuing gender expression. While stuck at home, I filled my room with queer books and art and discovered my bisexuality, which was a little daunting at first because of the years I've been out as a trans man. I always identified as a gay man. So I've learned to embrace the bisexual term. Oh, that's wicked. Congratulations, Samuel. But the community always tends to find one another. And it seems that the lot of us have made do with these changes and have created support systems in group chats or social media. So I think another silver lining of all of this is that It just leads to more creativity and ways to remain connected during the pandemic, such as online drag shows, supporting queer shops online, supporting LGBT plus authors, etc. 
Yeah, that's so true. And I'm so pleased that you have discovered your bisexuality as well, as you say there, and have been able to share it with us. Jack Lopez, Dr. Jack Lopez, no less, has been in touch. Jack actually wrote in last week, I think. Let's see what Jack's got to say this time. Hi, this is Jack. Um, I'm a medical anthropologist and a queer academic here in West Yorkshire, and I've been carrying out some research over the summer on interruptions and access to trans health care. And there's quite a few different things that I have managed to find out by talking to people from England, Scotland and Wales. So though people's experiences differ quite broadly across the UK because services are all very fragmented and run very differently, there are a few things that kind of combine people's experiences. One of the things that was coming across is people's isolation and negative impact on mental health. And a lot of this was caused initially through fear of um, not being able to access services not being able to get hold of hormones, injections, prescriptions, people being able to get to their GP and also because GIC services were, were, were shut down overnight. So some of this fear was lived out because some people did have barriers to getting their hormones and they were delayed uh, and it was a, a problem for some people um, for a few weeks. However, most people were still able to access their regular hormone treatment. However, it is this the, the fear and anxiety that is caused by the thought of not being able to get the thing that you need um, to live to be who you are after years of fighting to get it is what kind of has a trauma trigger um, with people and has a real impact on people's mental health and this interruption and fear is a is a main theme across the things that I've found. There was um, interruptions to surgery, of course, where people have been um, waiting for gender reassignment surgery often for many, many years. However, there's been some positive messages coming out of the research as well, um, such as how strong online communities are actually and how they're able to help each other. The amount of resources that have popped up. And also some people have said that they've really valued the time to be in their medical transition without the world scrutinising them. So just kind of carrying on at home, being able to wear what they want, being able to be more comfortable. That's brilliant. Oh, thank you, Jack, for taking the time to share all that research you've done with us. There have been a lot of things popping up online. So people have come together and strong online communities have developed. What's been really nice is seeing that there were quite a few online pride events and stuff. And actually, that has catered for not only the people who love going to those events, but it has has meant that they are real viable things that people who perhaps don't like going out to those big events can actually include themselves in in a different way. Billy Roche uh, wrote in on Instagram and said, I miss going to queer spaces. I don't have many queer friends and I'm quite introverted. So I find it hard to reach out over Zoom or text. Just being in a queer space can feel reassuring and comfortable. So that's interesting. So it's even, you know, even being an introvert, still having those spaces is really important and something that people have been really starved of. And it reminds me of when I remember when I had my first boyfriend, like we used to do, so this was a while ago, this is like 15 years ago, which things were different then. Um, But, you know, something that I think a lot of LGBTQ plus people can relate to is that if you were out for the day as a couple, 
you know, you wouldn't really hold hands and stuff and you'd walk around and you'd have a nice day or even a nice evening. So you go out for dinner or whatever, but then you would end up, you'd always go to like, we always used to go to a gay bar to have a kiss so that you could go and do coupley things, but in a space that felt safe and normal because you can't go on a normal day. I mean, potentially you could more nowadays, but even then it would still, I still think it could, I would worry about the risk of what kind of attention that would gain you and you would have to think about you know what kind of place is this and who's around me and all of that and I think we forget that that isn't normal to have to worry about that stuff and like Billy's saying you know not having those spaces is really hard it's a big change actually one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another message from bitchass.url via Instagram. The silver lining for me was I was staying with my boyfriend during lockdown one and it gave me the final push I needed to move into a queer household, which is what I'd wanted to do for so long. Being in a straight relationship always made me feel disconnected from the queer part of myself. In my new household, I found a new family and they have actually given me the strength to break up with that boyfriend. Now here I am in lockdown two with my supportive and beautiful new queer friends. Much happier. Even more self-discovery here. Well, what what I think is interesting is that the pause that coronavirus and lockdown has enforced on everybody has made us stop and notice things within ourselves that perhaps we were all moving so fast we previously ignored or didn't see. And those can be really, really brilliant bits of progress and development. So I'm thrilled to hear that you're much happier now. That's amazing. Oh, we've got a podcast that's been in touch. Adam Smith, who is co-producer of the Logbooks podcast, which is exploring Britain's queer history. Have a listen, people. I've been very sad not to be able to get to my favourite queer spaces like cinemas, queer film, film festivals, clubs, bars, cafes, friends, flats. But I found that calling people and having a proper chat on the phone has been a lifesaver. Plus podcasts on long solo walks. Do you know what? A phone call it's always a lifesaver. And that, listeners, brings me to who I'm going to be getting on the blower with this week, Owen Jones. But that was a great topic of the week, everybody. Thank you so much for writing in. Our topic of the week next time is, should marriage mean monogamy in a queer relationship? Is the monogamy element of marriage something that queer people are doing to be heteronormative should we be making up completely our own rules of what marriage is and what it means to us or are the the sort of generally accepted rules of what a marriage is and monogamy being one of them are they something that sort of transcends uh whether it's queer whether it's straight or anywhere else on the spectrum and should it be something that we should stick to 
regardless of whether it's a queer marriage or not. Um, we want to hear what you think on either side of the debate. So write in, send us your voice notes, email hello at homosapienspodcast.com or to send a voice note, head to Instagram at homosapiens on Instagram. Just open up messages and just record. You can record a voice note for a minute in there and then we will be able to hear them, listen to them and play them out on the show. Small slug of tea. Um, Owen Jones, if you remember, was the first ever, ever interview on Homo Sapiens. He is a writer. He is a journalist. Owen has started his own YouTube channel. Owen is a brilliant political and social commentator. And one of the things that I read this week, it was in Pink News, actually, that the number of LGBTQ plus people who voted for Donald Trump in the election doubled in four years. I am astounded by that figure. But I also wanted to ask Owen why he thinks that's happened. So I'm going to call him. Hey, Chris. Owen Jones, congratulations on your new YouTube channel. Well, thank you for your days. Tell me about it and what made you do it. He's trying to give a platform to people who otherwise ignored to try and challenge injustices that define our society. I want to challenge the powerful. And I think often the problem with a lot of our existing media is they like to punch down. They go for Muslims, they go for refugees, they go for migrants. They're quite keen on going for trans people at the moment, as you may have noticed. Mm. And that's bad in itself. And it also lets powerful people off the hook for all the problems they cause in society. So that's one thing I want to do. But also, I, I like to encourage people to think they can do something to change the world and make things better. And everything mm. I do, books, writing... TV and indeed these videos is to try and get people to think I need to do something about this. But I also want to do it in a way that's fun. I, I like going out of my comfort zone. First mini video we did is I went to an anti-lockdown protest. But I was interested what makes them tick, you know? And mm. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I interviewed Chelsea Manning, who is one of the most famous trans people on earth. But I'm interviewing Piers Morgan, who I have very different politics from. I think it's really important not to be in an echo chamber and I'm going to go to places which are very uncomfortable, talk to people that I can disagree with more, rather than just be, here's me talking to other weapons. Yes. And I think what's nice about what you're saying is, like, I obviously know you outside of your work, let's say. Uh, and I think you are really playful and fun. And I think a lot of the people I know of who are involved in activism are sometimes pushed into a corner where you're portrayed as shouty. And I think that if there's platforms that can change that and actually um sorry dog um, i strongly agree with what the dog is saying <laughs> he's got a point give me a sec always got an opinion always got an opinion that dog um yeah i think and you know being able to have a bit more time to make your point in your own space i think is really exciting actually that's often the danger is, and I can fall into that trap sometimes, you know, you go on TV, you think you've only got a short space of time to say something, you feel you've got a responsibility to try and challenge passionately whoever you're up against and to try and take on, you know, a narrative you disagree with, and you can end up in a kind of, you know, shouty corner. Yes. And speaking of people who come from differing sides of the track but are seeking to understand each other, I wanted to ask you what you think of this article that was in Pink News that said the number of LGBT people who voted for Donald Trump doubled in four years. And why on earth do you think that kind of thing has happened? 
you know, I think this is something that's really disturbing that LGBTQ people need to confront because I think sometimes amongst our communities that because we're oppressed based on our sexual orientation and or gender identity, that therefore we are oppressed and we're incapable of oppression and bigotry towards other people. And that's not, that's not true. I mean, it reminds me, there was a, I think it was in same-sex couples in Paris and about a third of them voted for the far-right National Front. And, and, and the truth is, actually, within LGBTQ communities, there are huge problems with so many forms of bigotry. I'm thinking racism, uh, and you'll see this often on, on dating apps where people list the ethnicities they're prepared uh, to, to, to mm. accept. I've come across particularly in you know, Islamophobia, uh, often transphobia, uh, misogyny, lesbophobia, let's be honest. Bigotries against people who are disabled, bigotries yeah. about people with HIV, people with forms of mental distress. You know, we, we have huge problems within our communities. And there has always been a tradition of people who happen to be LGBTQ who end up supporting extremist movements of the right. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, there's always been this uncomfortable fact that just because you're gay doesn't mean you're, you're inherently aggressive you, you can have hatred and bigotry towards others and i think the problem is is actually what trump did is it partly played on the prejudices and bigotries and fears of of gay people towards other minorities and it, it did that successfully even despite the fact trumpism is homophobic and transphobic it's the same fact look let's be honest trump is a misogynist and yet most white women vote for him mm. in both elections uh, you know, you get, we could go on. Every minority, or, or in the case of women, majority, has always had factions within them who are opposed to the rights of the group they're part of as a whole. It's a, it's a disturbing phenomenon, but it's, it's real. And sometimes it can be that groups who have not experienced a lot of compassion in their history sometimes can inadvertently pay that forwards and not perhaps always dish out the most amount of compassion when in fact we could all do with being more compassionate and more understanding in these times, no? Yes, I think the fact is LGBTQ people have been damaged by the bigotry that, you know, we're brought up in a society that still doesn't treat us as equals and in, in other countries, not legally so. Um, and that has, um, you know, we grew up, both you and I grew up under the anti-gay laws um, yeah. that existed in this country until relatively recently. That can damage people, and the way people respond to that damage doesn't always go in the healthiest direction. It's the same as, you know, when you get people who suffer from poverty, I would say they're right to be angry, and that anger should be at bosses for not paying proper wages and governments for cutting social security. But some poorer people think, well, actually, no, it's the fault of immigrants. Mm. There's always been a long tradition of people with anger at the conditions they face, mm. ending up not at the people being directed, people responsible actually other people who are struggling and the one thing i'd say the most moving thing i mean finally on i mean because i think islamophobia is a huge problem in society and you often get far-right people who the only time they talk about lgbtq rights is going muslims are homophobic we're importing homophobic muslims etc etc that is a narrative some far-right type spin mm. you know one of the most moving letters i ever got was a young uh, gay muslim who I said he grew up in his parents were socially conservative, but because they saw me as a gay man going on television opposing Islamophobia, that made them reassess their views, and then he could come out as gay and be accepted by his parents. And I just think it's very important, you know, solidarity is an injury to one is an injury to us all. Like we, 
that you should always stand with the oppressed. Mm. What the gay couple Muslims have in common would be to not for who we are. Yes. We, we, we have a history of the press uh, doing big hateful campaigns uh, against us. We're yeah. bullied in school playgrounds. We're demonised based on the behaviour of a tiny minority. Uh, in the case of gay people, we were portrayed as paedophiles because gay paedophiles do exist. Uh, in the same way that Muslims are portrayed often as all potential terrorists because a tiny group of people who are Muslim are terrorists. Mm. So I think, you know, all oppressed people, if you are oppressed, you've gone through many of the same experiences and we should act on that to show solidarity with each other. All too often that doesn't happen. Mm. Now, sage words from you there, Owen, which leads me to ask you another question. Would you mind helping me out with some agony uncling this week? Oh, yeah, hit me with that. Okay, so got two agony uncle questions. First one is, my flatmate breaks all the COVID rules and keeps getting her boyfriend round. What do I do? Ooh. Oh, that is hard. <laughs> that is difficult. I think you just have to basically just massively appeal to their, like, guilt trip them into their better reason. And if you say to them, you're actually putting my health at risk and you're not going to do anything about it, then you do need to go separate ways, don't you? Yeah, because, you know, this person may think you don't mind, you know, you don't know. So I think... You've got to go talk to them. If they won't budge from that point forwards, you know where you stand more. Exactly. Living people can be very hard. I think, yeah, just sticking them down and going, look, this isn't fair. It is selfish behaviour. Then maybe don't throw that in straight away. <laughs> uh, and then if, if they don't listen to better reason, then you know where you are with them and you know you don't have a future with them. Second question, a bit heavier. My boyfriend is hypersexual and I struggle with sex repulsion. How do we meet in the middle? So what this is about is, so sex repulsion is obviously something that is quite intense. What there is in here as well is this idea of how do you get two people who are on different sexual wavelengths to meet in the middle? I do think if you've got sex repulsion, that's something I think that probably requires some form of counselling because it's different, isn't it? Like mm. lots of people have different sex drives. That's just a fact, uh, you know. Yeah. And, but that's that's just something you have to negotiate and work, work your way through. I think sex repulsion is something where that's something where I think seeking help from a, from a specialist to talk you through it. I think, you know, having a couple therapy with it as well would help. Seeking counselling, seeking help and not being afraid to ask for help because totally. there might be an underlying reason for that sex repulsion, which you might be able to address. Yeah, and also you, you're in a relationship, you get on well, there's lots of things you like about each other. There is this problem. Relationships are full of problems. You've really got to sit down and talk about them and work out what is the way that I can understand your your position and you can understand my position. How can we work towards solving it together? And do you know what? You can pretty much always find a way that works because the thing that people don't do is talk about it. And I think by talking about it, particularly with sex, is the way forwards. I think being open, honest, talking, if you're being honest, you might find that uncomfortable, but I think it's important to think you're both doing it from a place of love and you're doing it because you want to improve the relationship between you both. Brilliant, exactly. Owen, you've been an amazing agony uncle. You've been an amazing inspiration. Tell me, before we go, where can we find your YouTube channel? All you need to do is just basically type in Owen Jones on YouTube. It's, it's youtube.com slash Owen Jones Talks. And just type in Owen Jones YouTube and you'll <laughs> just, be... Just Google Owen Jones. Um, just, just Google. 
There you go. Well, listen, thank you so much. Keep us posted and loads of love, Owen. Loads and loads of love to you as well. Always a pleasure to talk to Owen. He was our first ever interview. Please go and listen to it if you have not yet ever listened to it. It's episode one of Homo Sapiens, no less. Wish him all the best with that YouTube channel. Go and subscribe. Go and have a listen to his Chelsea Manning interview as well. Culture Club. It's time for some Culture Club. Wow. God. We want to know what you're watching, what you're listening, what you're eating. What culture are you vulturing? That's what I want to know. Books. I'm reading the book Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval Noah Harari. Shall I tell you why? Because we are always tagged in it on Instagram. People reading the book tag us, Homo Sapiens. I think because they don't look up who we are and they just think that they should tag us. So it's like three years of being tagged in this photo. I'm going to open the book. It's great. It's a history of being a human. It's fascinating because it's one, it's really simply written. So you totally get extremely complicated concepts. But also it plays into how, particularly with Black Lives Matter, how one version of history has always been fed to us and the social implications of that and the prejudices that grow out of that and actually just taking it back down to basics and going back to the beginning, you you just learn a ton. So I really recommend it. What have you guys been reading? Tim Bradbeer has been reading Patrick Gale's books, a calming and gripping and bloody fab way to while away lockdown. Love Patrick Gale. Trish Norton is rereading A Little Life. Now, A Little Life is a book by Hanya Yanagihara. Queer themes brilliant lots of people love it so definitely worth a look at that enagram has been reading walt odette's out of the shadows joe tool underscore 95 has been reading queer intentions by amelia abraham flying through it they say we talked about it on the podcast a while ago actually i've still yet to get around to reading it richard pickard has been reading on earth we're briefly gorgeous queer and wonderful is what richard describes it as i think that's such a lovely title music now in the week-ish that Kylie's new album came out, need I have asked what you all have been listening to? It's what I know I've been listening to because I was really looking forward to the album. I thought it was brilliant. You've all been listening to Kylie. Richard has been listening to Kylie. Tim is a big fan of the song Fine Wine by Kylie. I want to know if she did that as a tie-in with her wine brand. I don't know. I haven't tried the wine. Maybe someone will get me some for Christmas. Roshi Murphy's also got an album out, a brand new album, which is also very disco infused. Escapism people is what we want. Mikkel has been listening to Vogue by Madonna. If it's late at a party and you want people to go absolutely mad, play Vogue by Madonna. Can I also give a recommendation? If you want people to get on the dance floor, if you're trying to make something go from like not so party to party, put on David Bowie. Bowie? Bowie? Bowie. It's my reminder to do some exercise. Um, put on Bowie, let's dance, and people will fill the dance floor, in my experience anyway. It's quite easy to make my friends dance, to be quite honest. Half a bottle of Kylie wine and off we go. But what have I been eating? Well, do you know what I made this week? In the New York Times, there was a recipe for tahini chocolate chip biscuits. So tahini is like, I didn't really know this, it's like ground down sesame seeds. You mix them with basically tons of sugar and some flour and you put chocolate chips in and they make the most delicious biscuits known to man is all I'll say to you. 
lots of you are getting into like winter warmers here dimmy booth has been doing veg from their garden spuds butternut squash purple broccoli cauliflower green beans and leeks yum biscotti 32 has been making spag bowl with purely grass-fed beef jim jong il has had sausage and mash with onion gravy jim jong i made that over the weekend as well couldn't be bothered to do onions for the gravy so i just used to stock you but it was delicious j hibbs 89 has been making lamingtons Matt Paul Wisner has been doing peanut butter chicken. It actually says peanut better chicken, but I'm going to say that you meant to write peanut butter chicken, Matt. And Jojo Matthews has been doing warm comfort food, so stew and dumplings and chicken pie, but all vegan because Jojo is a vegan. Jojo, can we have your vegan chicken pie recipe, please? I would love that. TV shows. Actually, I think for the first time in my life, put a reminder in my calendar that a television show was starting the crown was on i personally loved it what did you all think i thought it was great loved the diana scene when she comes in when you meet diana for the first time the way they did it that she sort of walks in but you can't really see her she's like silhouetted is this a spoiler a lot of you have been watching the queen's gambit jbt has been watching queen's gambit this is the show about chess Mikel has been watching the queen's gambit and a brazilian series on netflix called a queen is born which is cute Still lots of love for Shit's Creek. I haven't watched it yet. I'm sorry. Trish Norton's been catching up on The Sopranos because she missed it the first time round. Dimmy Booth, stand-ups I've never heard of, with a winky face and then says, Ali Wong is great. Ali Wong, I think, is honestly the funniest stand-up I have ever watched in my life. Absolutely hysterical. I am so I get really sad sometimes when I think about the fact that I don't have anything to watch of hers because I've watched everything available online. Claire Gleason has been watching Call My Agent, Black Monday and Home for Christmas. Oh, I want your Christmas recommendations next time, listeners, as well. What are your classic Christmas films? Oh, that reminds me. Happiest Season is this new film with Kristen Stewart in it. It's an LGBTQ plus Christmas rom-com. And the story goes, I'm just going to read this bit here. Abby, who is so excited to meet her girlfriend's family over the holidays and propose. However, Abby soon learns that Harper hasn't come out to her family yet. Ooh. And it's got Dan Levy, Dan Levy, Dan Levy from Shit's Creek in it, people. And it was written and directed by Clea Duval, who is saying that it's the first major LGBTQ plus holiday rom-com. Which is kind of true, actually. Listen, keep them coming. I hope that, that has been a good resource for some of you wanting to know what you should be watching keep those recommendations coming thank you now i think we should give away a t-shirt time for review of the week first one is from rich the title the best lgbtq plus podcast ever rich is on a charm offensive here chris and alan and previously will are just so brilliant and informative with this incredible and what should be multi-award winning podcast it is multi-award winning podcast rich we've won pink news awards we've won british podcast awards haven't we the interviews with amazing and influential LGBTQ plus guests are just so fun and easy to listen to. I have always learned something from each episode. Someone said it was like the Gay Woman's Hour, a BBC Radio 4 programme for those outside the UK. Thank you for that clarification, Rich. And I have to agree, it's definitely something that has been missing from the airwaves. I've been listening since discovering a few months back as I take my daily 90 minute walk. Good on you, Rich. Get out there. Get walking. Let's hope this incredible show is made for many years. I'm going to do it forever. So no need to be concerned there, Rich. So excited to download the next episode and great listening. Thanks for the great content. Next up, Follicles says, 
late to the party. I arrived late to the party, but so glad I bothered to come. Follicles, we are glad you bothered to come as well. Take a seat, help yourself to drinks and nibbles, make yourself at home. Thanks for making me feel such pride in our community again. You and your guests are my running buddies. I've nearly finished all the series. You inspire me to move my bottom that little bit further. I have upped my runs per week. My God, we're basically like an exercise outreach programme. Are we the queer Joe Wicks? Every soul you have talked with has added another level of insight, pride, and newfound sense of love for all things LGBTQ+. We really are bloody nice people. Well, thank you, Follicle. And do you know what? That's kind of why we started this podcast. It's because I was like, queer people are great. Let's just talk to them. Um, but the, ugh, I've got to pick a winner. It's neck and neck. I'm going to go with Rich. It's very hard to, you know, they're very close, those two. But I think Rich just pips to the post there. So, Rich, please send us your inv- uh, your invite. Please please send us your address to hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Tell us what size you like. Breaking news, everybody. We've actually got some slightly bigger T-shirts and slightly smaller T-shirts in stock. So you could probably get the size that you want. If you want to win a T-shirt, go leave a review. We will read it out and the winner will get a free t-shirt or you can buy one or you can buy a sweater everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens what are me and alan doing next week who are we interviewing well we are interviewing none other than amru al-kadi amru is a non-binary muslim drag queen if you want the short synopsis but um, amru is also a writer has written brilliant tv shows is very very funny very very insightful on the sort of intersection that is being muslim being queer being a drag queen being non-binary they are so funny and insightful and warm and kind and i think you're gonna love our chat we laughed so much have a listen to that that'll be coming to your ears next thursday that's it for this week thank you so much for listening everybody oh there goes my voice went squawk um you see they go gay shame used to be ashamed of that don't care anymore Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I've had a wonderful time, particularly because what I'm looking at is my husband doing exercise in the garden that I'm supposed to be doing with him. I've missed it, and that feels like a win to me. Please get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com, at homosapiens on Instagram. Send us your emails, voice notes, the whole shebang. We love hearing from you. Until next time, loads of love. Goodbye. 